0: Good morning, everybody. I um, am so happy to see so many people. Numbers don't matter, but it makes me so happy to see all of you guys that we had to get more chairs to put out, so yeah, I'm just grateful that we all get to spend this morning together. Um, I'm kind of sad because I wanted to show you guys my Advent book that I've been reading, um, but I forgot it. And it's already halfway through Advent, but I'm gonna tell you about it anyways. It's called Honest Advent by Scott Erickson. He is an author slash theologian slash artist. His Advent book has been very impactful for me this year. I don't think I've ever really focused this much on Advent before. But um, as you can imagine, the name of it is Honest Advent. So he just looks at this season in a very real way. And honestly, in a different way than I've ever thought of it before, but take a look at it. It's been amazing, and I honestly think you can read it at any point of the year. It doesn't have to be Advent, but it's really good. Um, Yeah, so I'm so excited to be able to share with you guys this morning something that I am really passionate about, and a side of Jesus that gives me a lot of hope and comfort. Um, And yeah, just... I don't know, it's comforting in the process of being a human, being able to see these sides of Jesus. Um, So we've been talking about the idea of Emmanuel, of God with us, and I feel like we can hear it so often that it becomes kind of like a cliche phrase that we just say, but we don't really think about what it means. Um, And the holidays can also be really difficult. They can be a time full of mourning. Um, Even though we're supposed to be super joyful and the season is full of joy and you can feel joy and suffering at the same time. But what I mean is a lot of times the holidays don't feel as jolly as the world likes to make them. And so I think within that it can be hard to understand God with us in that. And a lot of us have experienced God with us in our joys, in our excitement, in the good things. But when we're feeling depression or anxiety or triggering relationships around the holidays, um, in mourning, it can be really confusing to hear that phrase during that time. Um, a lot of us could be experiencing loss in a lot of different ways. Uh, Maybe the lack of a significant other while everyone else looks happily married or, um, maybe the lack of a child when you've been hoping and praying for one for so long, and sometimes we just get to the holidays and we feel like nothing's changed since the year before, which, which can feel really discouraging. Um, I mean, look at it in COVID season too. Like it feels like the years go by so fast and it's like, does anything really change? So that can be all really, really discouraging. And despite all of this, the Bible still calls Jesus Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Um, so how can God be with us today? course, there's the Holy Spirit, and we know that's the answer to the question, (laughs) that God is with us because of the Holy Spirit, Um, but how can we intentionally notice and honor the Holy Spirit's presence to us um, when life in the holidays can feel really lonely, difficult, or sorrowful? So I'm going to have a few friends come up and read some verses for us before we get started. Kelly and Michaela and Rachel, love if you guys could join me. I wanted it to be all women, because women are awesome. And I feel very empowered being a woman preaching, but also, I don't know, I just love this. All right. Is there an order that we should read it in? One, two, three, okay. you're good. Matthew 1, 18 through 23,
1: the birth of, <laughs> of Jesus Christ. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature.
0: Thanks, guys. So, I really appreciate you guys. Thank you. Um, Today, I want to share about how Jesus' vulnerability shows us that God is with us. And how vulnerability leads to joy. And before I get into it, I, I don't know, as they were reading the verses, I was just thinking of how much those in themselves reflect vulnerability and willingness to be with us, Um, so I just love that. So Jesus is a pure reflection of God. He gives us the perfect picture of who God is, and vulnerability can be defined in a few different ways. You can be in a vulnerable situation, um, maybe lacking in safety, lacking in needs, or lacking of a home, Um, but you can also take the action of being vulnerable. Um, I love this definition. It says, It involves a person's willingness to accept the emotional risk that comes with being open and willing to love and be loved. Vulnerability is experienced relationally. It's a relational word. It's something that is shared. And it requires risk. It's not easy. It can feel really exposing and uncomfortable. Um, And it requires being seen. And I myself have struggled with this idea of vulnerability, often leaning back and forth between, am I just sharing facts about my life and facts about things that I have gone through or going through, or am I actually truly being vulnerable in the moment Um, and sharing my heart and sharing emotionally what is going on in my life. And I've learned it, I've had to practice it. It's not something that comes easy to any of us, I don't think, and it's definitely taken time to learn. I know the risk that it takes to be vulnerable, but I also know the consequences of choosing to not be vulnerable. Um, A quick side story, when I was a freshman in college, I had something happen to me in a relationship that I was in, and it caused me so much shame. And because of that shame, I was not open about what I had gone through. And I had lost a lot of really, really close friendships because of it, because of my lack of vulnerability. Um, So that being said, I know the risk it takes to be vulnerable and also the consequences of not being vulnerable. And we've seen many examples of the vulnerability that people in the Bible have with God. We can see it in the Psalms. Um, So many different emotions are expressed in the Psalms. You have betrayal. You have... um, I don't know, just anxiety, crying out to God, being in such a desperate state, and also joy and delight and praise. But we can also see that God is vulnerable right back with us, and I feel like I've never really thought about that until this season, so it's been really cool to um, discover that. But yeah, we can see that in the reciprocal relationship that he has with us, the relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit, but I mainly want to talk about Jesus today and how him coming to earth was... In that. So I want you guys to think as I'm talking about a time that someone was vulnerable with you, or a time that somebody gave you the opportunity to be vulnerable with them, Um, you know for a fact that someone is with you. Like in the true meaning of that word, is with you when you are being vulnerable with them and they're reflecting patience and kindness to you, but also when they're being vulnerable with, wait, with, with you, you. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I got that backwards, with you or if you're being vulnerable with them, like, you really know that they're with you, you can see it in the ways that they look at you, you can see it in the ways that they listen to you, um, in the compassion that they have and in the embrace that they have of you, and everything about Jesus coming to earth was vulnerable, if you really think about all of the different factors of it, Um, You look at the fact that Mary was pregnant out of wedlock, which was culturally a very scandalous thing at that time. She was put in a very vulnerable situation and was probably outcasted and shamed because of it. Um, You look at the process of childbearing and childbirth itself, and that's vulnerable. I've personally never gone through it, so I can't talk from experience. But, I mean, think about it. Like, the process of creating a child in your womb, like the womb can be such a safe space, but also it can... Be a very dangerous place. Um, she, she risked the potential of potentially um, having a miscarriage or losing her life within it. And so, both Jesus and Mary were vulnerable in this state of pregnancy and childbirth. Um, you look at the fact that Jesus was born into poverty and violence. King Herod was trying to kill all of the newborn baby boys, and so there was that violence and. Um, Look at the fact that he was probably born on the road or in a stable. We don't really know exactly where, but not in the safety and comfort of a home or hospital or whatever was normal at that time. Um, And again, Mary and Joseph were traveling while she was so close to giving birth. Um, And then at different points in their life, they were immigrants and refugees, and they were forced to leave their own comfort, home, and safety. So like the whole span of his life was an act of vulnerability coming here. And so God went through great lengths of vulnerability to even come to earth and have a body of flesh. He made himself vulnerable to the human experience and the range of emotions that we feel. Um, we've seen him betrayed. We've seen him experience joy and peace, love, anger, pain, all of it. And so we're focusing on the on Christmas and the coming of Christ, but later down the road, Jesus also shows his vulnerability In the way of the cross, which in itself is a sign of complete vulnerability, as he experienced the weight of every human sin, naked and ashamed and abused in front of our eyes. Um, Also, you're probably going to hear the word vulnerability like a million times. So it's like a buzzword in this sermon, but just, I felt like I was saying it so often and I was like, okay, I'm just going to point this out so it's not weird. Um, So not only, now you're going to think about it every single time I say it, but... (laughs) Anyways, so not only did God show us his vulnerability in giving us Jesus, but also when he created us. I've been reading the book, um, Does God Really Like Me? I hope you guys have gotten to look at it a little bit throughout the week because it has been amazing. Um, If you don't have it yet, please come talk to us and we will get it to you. Yeah, Jeff Jeff got you. There we go. So chapter 3 discusses how God is in our very DNA. This chapter presents the fact that the word image in Hebrew actually means idols, but we don't really use that word in the common context. In, like in this context, because we usually think of an idol being like a bad thing, and the Bible talks about how like we should have idols and all this stuff. But we are God's idols, his object of affection, attention, and praise. In the verse that Kelly read in Genesis, we can see that he created us out of dust, and breathe life, life, life into him, us, which, which is, is also, also a similar way that pagan priests would create idol gods, gods, which I did not know that. And, and we're, we're just, we're not just a mirror or reflection of God, but the God object of his affection that he breathed life into. I thought that was really cool.
1: So I wanted to share a section of that book with you entitled
0: Attunement. It says, in chapter one, we talked about joy as a relational experience. God created humans to be in relationship, and as relational beings, we are capable of nonverbal communication. We communicate with tone of voice, body language, facial expressions, even intangible vibes that we pick up from another person nearby. This all happens because our brains have what are called mirror neurons. These neurons allow us to pick up and reflect nonverbal communication much faster than verbal communication. Because of this, we are more attuned to people, their moods and emotions, through what their bodies express than through their words. Likewise, because of these mirror neurons, we are much more likely to mirror the emotions and behaviors of people around us without even being aware of it. In this way, our neural pathways mimic or mirror the neural pathways of other people. It's how we stay connected, both emotionally and relationally. As idols of God, as image bearers, we are connected to the presence of God. God is with us. When we are connected with God, our mirror neurons are attuned to God, attuned to what he's thinking and feeling about us, others, and the world. Through this attunement with God, we bear his presence to everything in the world. So, like I just shared, like God is in our DNA in the way that he created us. And so the fact that he created us and we have access to the Holy Spirit allows us to be attuned to God's own emotions and joy and creativity and all of the above. I thought that was a really cool other way to think about God being with us. Like Again, literally in our DNA and that we have that access to it. So we are so connected and created by God that, what he, ex- that he experiences what we experience. He's open to our vulnerabilities and experiences them with us. And the path of joy is one of vulnerability. It leads to relationships, and to freedom, and from freedom to joy. The great risk of vulnerability gives a better understanding of the God who took on flesh and came to us in vulnerability. It leads us to a place where we expose the deepest, most sinful, or darkest beliefs we have about ourselves,
1: and shows us that we are loved
0: and seen anyways, and even liked by God. We've been talking about our joy space being our home base, and I wanted to share my personal joy space with you guys, one of them at least. So one of the joy spaces that I envision when we're going through the imaginative prayer exercises is my grandparents' house and having the opportunity to spend time with them, which actually my grandparents' actual house kind of freaks me out um, because it's older. And there was one time I was in the basement as a kid, and I thought I heard somebody say my name, but it wasn't my grandma. So the whole like, actual space of my grandparents' house kind of freaks me out, but the relationship with them is what I feel like most safe with. Um, they've always been our greatest supporters, the people who have shown me unconditional love just for me being me. I was always super close to them when, I'm young, when I was young, and I still am now. When I was younger, I would spend almost every weekend at their house, I would have sleepovers with them, I would kick my grandpa out of the bed and he would sleep on the couch so I could sleep in bed with my grandma. Um, and we would like lay in bed and like look at the ceiling and pretend like there were stars on the ceiling and like map out our own constellations and everything. Um, So it was just like a really safe space for me. Sometimes I would go to the grocery store with my grandpa and we would walk down the candy aisle, which he wasn't allowed to go in if my grandma was (laughs) with him. And so we just have a lot of really, really sweet memories. Um, I knew that they loved me for who I was, that they delighted in me. Um, And there wasn't anything that I had to do to earn that or I don't know. Yeah, I just, I never really had to do anything to get that. They just gave that to me freely. Um, Yeah, they've always seen my worth and encouraged me in it. And so this relationship of belonging that I had with them um, gave me the space to be real with them when things were difficult. I remember when Luis and I were in the process of finding out that our visa was going to be delayed for 11 months, And I remember calling my grandpa and I was at IKEA Ikea and I was a nanny and I remember just crying like in the middle of Ikea, just crying so hard. And it was not one of the first times that I've ever been able to be that vulnerable, but I just felt completely free to do so and there was like no fear in it. And yeah, it was such a hard time, but that space was so priceless to me to be able to experience that. Um, yeah, I was in a place to receive encouragement and co-suffering love. And in that process, I was able to bring vulnerability into my joy space. Um, so I want to ask you guys, how can you bring vulnerability into your joy space, your safe space where God wants to meet you? So I want to lead us in an imaginative prayer exercise together. Through imaginative prayer, we have taken time to find our own joy spaces, so I want you to start thinking about that. And we've kind of tried to make that our home for the season. I don't know if you guys have done that outside of being here, um, but I'm, I'm happy that we have this space to experience together and to go into that joy space. Um, and I love what Jeff said about it about safe spaces last week. He said, as people look for safe spaces with a lowercase s, The arms of Jesus are the uppercase safe space. So yeah, I I want us to imagine our safe space together. This is your invitation to slow down. (laughs) I know sometimes when I'm at church on Sunday mornings, I have all of these other things racing through my mind of what needs to be done that day or what happened during the week. So yeah, let's just slow down together. If you want to and feel comfortable to, you can feel free to close your eyes. Take some deep breaths to slow down. So let's just take a few moments to invite the Holy Spirit. I'm going to sit down. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm just going to wait for a second. It might be a little awkward, but that's okay. Holy Spirit, I ask for your presence to just fall in this place right now as we think about our joy spaces, and we invite you into that, Lord. I ask that you meet with every person here and that you remind them of where they're safe. So as you guys are thinking, I want you to think about what your space looks like. Just look around as almost as if you're in like a VR, like a virtual reality, like you have those goggles on. Take a look around and think about what it looks like. Are you with with anyone? Are you alone or is someone else there with you? And who are those people? And then what are you doing in your safe space? Are you just relaxing? Are you in bed? Are you doing something? Are you hiking or outdoors? Where are you? Envision how it, it smells and what it looks like. Maybe even what it feels like. Is it warm and cozy? Or is there a breeze? If you're eating food, what does it taste like? (laughs) Just want you to feel feel the the peace and the joy from this place. Just Just let it wash over you and soak into your bones. What would it look like for you to bring your vulnerability into this safe space? What would it look like to be completely open and free to bring the darkest parts of yourself into it? Would you feel safe to share with whoever's there or with God? What do you think that God has to say to you in this moment? As you're sharing these things with him. And. Let's just feel the joy of that moment. Of a little baby. Talking during church. I love that. Um, what do you think that God has to say. About the things that you're presenting to him. Maybe it's a trauma that you've experienced, maybe it's one that you've caused. Um, What do you think he has to say about your joy or the deepest secret that you have?
1: And what would it look like to share these
0: things with God? Do you believe that God still wants to be with you as you share your most vulnerable moments? Do you feel like he still likes you and loves you? I just want you to imagine what he would say to you about whatever whatever you're sharing with him, whatever you're experiencing, yeah, just listen to his voice of love and truth that he has for you. Father God, we... We want to thank you for being so close to us for every act of you coming to be with us was an act of vulnerability and that within that we are also able to share a vulnerability with you. Thank you for being with us and for wanting to be with us even when we're little turds sometimes <laughs> to ourselves and to other people. Yeah. God, you're so gracious and good to us. Amen. Let me check the time real quick. Do we have a minute? Okay. I didn't know if we were good on time.
1: I just felt
0: like a prompting of like, if there's anybody who felt something specific during that time that they would like to share, because our vulnerability helps others be vulnerable, and it also, it always, it's always encouraging when people share. So if anybody's, wanting to share something that they felt God speak to them or how they met him it's okay if not to (laughs) or if you felt something um, we'll have the prayer ministry team up in a few minutes too if you would like to share it with them or with me I would love to hear it Um, but yeah we're gonna do communion can somebody help pass these out please I guess I need one too Thank you. I'll wait a few seconds so some people can get some communion. I stuck my finger in the juice, I didn't mean to do that. I'll share a funny story while we're passing out communion. So, my pants are a little too tight, so I currently have them unbuttoned, one button, and it just, it just made me think about um, when Luis and I got engaged. Uh, we got engaged and everything was great, and then there was a friend there to take pictures of us, and when I took my jacket off to take the pictures, my pants were completely unzipped. So, I, my pants were unzipped when I got engaged. So just, just being a little vulnerable with you guys. <laughs> I feel like if that's not like a good depiction of like what my life is, then I don't know what is. <laughs> All right. Looks like most people have communion now. But <laughs> on the night that Jesus opened himself up to vulnerability and the vulnerability of being betrayed, he took the bread saying that this is my body broken for you. He took the cup, saying, this is my blood spilled out for you, foretelling of his complete state of nakedness and vulnerability to take on the world's sin. Let's take communion. Those communion wafers were fresh. They were nice and crunchy. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for letting me share with you.